1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's com slash upgrade. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hey Chickens, we are continuing Matt's recap of Time Fracture, the immersive uh, theatrical experience thing. It's not an escape room, it's an immersive theatrical experience, whatever it is. Um, anyway, uh, he is in a room where there's a bar that he didn't realise he was allowed to use his drink vouchers in. It's been a disaster. Um, waiting to go through a big door. Um, so they've done all their tasks in this room as set to them by Kate Stewart from Unit and a bunch of actors dressed as scientists and we're on to the next section. And then things appear to step up a gear, Matt says. During one of the occasional fracture events, the Daleks invaded the room. I'm fairly sure one was flashing his equity card and looking at me as if to say, look, I've got a new gig doing this promotion from the escape room. Next stop, I'll be giving my prothero at the Globe. Oh, that's right, because Matt... Matt was very excited when he went to the Dalek escape room. Um, In they swept, well, as far as the doors, as far as the doors they came through, and shouted a bit about exterminating, whilst very much maintaining a distance from any of the participants. You don't get any interaction with the Dalek, there's no conversation, and the actor scientists keep you well away from them. Too expensive for the Hoyt Boloi to touch, I suppose. At least they were proper Daleks and not Teletubby ones from Victory of the Daleks or anorexic ones from Revolution of the Daleks. <laughs> the day is saved when David Bradley turns up on the monitors as the first doctor and turns the central display in the, in the room into a TARDIS. Cue a few wheezing groaning noises and the Daleks slope off back through the doors they came through almost apologetically and anticlimactically. Our fifth Doctor is standing smugly, as if to claim credit for this occurrence. But the story moves on and in order to escape the fracture's spreading influence, we have to run urgently but please be careful <laughs> through the new newly opened holes in the wall and extremely undramatically down some stairs that have been decorated with rope lights i decide this is the 1980s budget corridor time zone <laughs> The anticipation and excitement is still there, but after 25 minutes of milling around and doing nothing, it's waning slightly. Hopefully the next stage will be exciting. The stairs, as do most peoples, lead to Elizabethan England and the court of Queen Elizabeth I. As soon as you get to the bottom of the stairs, there's an array of people dressed in various appropriations of the Doctor's costume. There's a very good Fifth Doctor-like costume which very visibly puts our Fifth Doctor's nose out of joint a bit. A personal favourite was the woman wearing the extremely good copy of the Curse of the Fatal Death's Doctor costume. (laughs) Seeing this makes you think that whoever planned all this out knows their stuff. We'll do well at this bit. These guides are just as grabby as the scientists upstairs and take small groups, whisking them off to various adventures and tasks. This is where the quality of your visit is really determined. Get picked by the wrong guide and you won't get to experience some of the rooms you've really been looking forward to or hoping to see. In hindsight... We were picked by the wrong guide. Uh, First off, we were directed to duck under a tapestry in one corner of the court that led to a little dank room set even further back in history and was occupied by one Leonardo da Vinci. An unfinished Mona Lisa sits in one corner, strange tally marks on the walls behind the man himself, presiding over a table littered with plans of his various creations and inventions. Our fifth doctor, we're split off into a much smaller group now, but have retained him and Joseph, decides to try and shake Leonardo's hand, greeting him as though he were an old friend, really living being the doctor, only to be rebuffed by an illusion-busting, sorry, we can't physically touch COVID, you know, from one of history's greatest artists. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Back in character, he explains how he's working for these mysterious creatures, but he can't quite remember them, and shows us a picture of one of the silents, asking if any of us recognise it. Keen to try and join in, I feign ignorance and offer the response that they seem familiar, but I can't seem to remember anything about them. Oh, good on you, Matt, for joining in. Leonardo is clearly not enough of a fan to get my clever playing along and gives me a look of disdain that says, Thought you lot were Who fans and you don't recognise these guys? A woman runs in who Leonardo gives something to deliver. It turns out she's a time agent or something on a mission and where to join her. At this point, the room falls dark. There's lightning and a silence appears in the mirror, almost reaching out at us. I decide to give it one last try and shout, I remember them now! to no reaction, uh, except a scornful look from our fifth doctor, whose thunder I appear to have stolen. Oh. I find myself yearning to be with our seventh doctor at this point. At least his trousers match the jacket. Oh my god, Matthew. The unfinished Mona Lisa has completed itself, but instead of the mysterious woman, it's been filled with the features of the impossible girl herself. We're rushed back out of the room and to follow our time agent onto the next stage of our mission. But this was where we were accosted into a very different story dragged from our group I was thrown up onto a platform in front of a long pool of lava that's never explained that lay in front of a throne upon which sat the aforementioned Queen Elizabeth I. now if you want a gist of how this Queen Liz is being played you'd not go far wrong than by watching an episode of Blackadder 2 she was a hoot the actors throughout Time Fracture have got to be ready to interact with the public throughout no matter what is thrown at them and Queenie was Absolutely ready for it. Quizzed on all manner of subjects from my favourite colour, black, which she deemed depressing, to my favourite dessert, banana surprise. The surprise being there's no banana in it, with Queenie then asking what a banana was and if a potato could be supplemented. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Uh, The whole interview led to the unexpected outcome that I was to be married to the Queen immediately. Queenie looked to John to ask if this was a problem, clearly having assumed John to be my partner. A hasty rendition of the Tenth Doctor and Donna's denial of being a couple later, and the record was set straight, and my fate as the new consort to Queen Elizabeth I was sealed. But first, Queenie decided that we needed to visit a friend of hers in the form of William Shakespeare. I suspect that some of the banter between myself and the Queen had become ever so slightly on the edge of risque, very much as a result of her baiting it to become so. She was clearly having as much fun as we were, but as a result she was whisking us away from the unfamiliar to innuendo ears of the children who were attending (laughs) all of this of course was causing our fifth doctor intense jealousy as he hollered after us that the marriage clearly wouldn't last and he'd be marrying her in several incarnations time i think she was running from him as much as anything else In Shakespeare's study, Queenie and Shakespeare had discovered it didn't take much to make us titter like schoolgirls and were teasing us mercilessly. We were supposed to be writing a new love sonnet to my fiancé, but so good were the performances of both that my sides ached from laughter. Now, whilst laughing with the Queen and Shakespeare was great, at this point we were unaware that everyone else outside was having adventures in various other small offshoot rooms from the main Elizabethan court and getting to experience some of the great history of Doctor Who that had been unveiled into the experience. Had we known, we might have tried a little harder not to become so involved in what would ultimately lead to my marriage to this royal lady. Indeed, I've spent my entire 44 years of life avoiding women, and yet in 44 minutes I'd become engaged to Queen Liz. (laughs) The wedding took place back in the court, but just at the point after having said I do and explaining to Queenie she'd need to take the lead that night, as I had little to no experience of what happened next, the lights cut and we were invaded by Cybermen." They stomped around in a similar fashion to our fifth doctor, clearly still upset he'd not married into royalty today. But again, we had no interaction with the metal meanies, instead being once more speedily shuffled out of the room, bidding a fond farewell to my new wife as we were moved on to the next stage. So we'd arrived at the interval point, a space age bar area with a lounge room act up on stage to entertain us in the form of a brilliant singing Silurian, whilst we got to rest, sit down and enjoy a drink. The perfect place to spend your drinks vouchers. Except, of course, they didn't accept them at this point. Uh, So John sat rightfully sulking for our break whilst I people-watched. It was at this point I got to catch up with jo- Joseph, who was absolutely in his element running around and sonicking everything in sight, at no point showing any disappointment for his actions, having no effect on anything. He was in Who Heaven, and it lightened my whole mood tenfold. The fifth doctor, however, was explaining all the references to everything that had been experienced in the first half of the story to anyone and everyone who'd listen, including story titles, dates of broadcast, and even production codes. Um, when the interval was over, we were speedily split into groups again and shuffled into a corridor. This was the only moment that seemed to have any direct connection to the Time Lord Victorious storyline as we came face-to-face with Brian the Ood. Well, I say face-to-face, but disappointingly, if you've been following uh, Time Lord Victorious so and are familiar with the character and were in fact looking forward to meeting and interacting with him, well, tough. We met him slumped in the corner of a darkened corridor, dead. <laughs> That's pretty much the end of that. We were very quickly moved on again into an even darker corridor for possibly the scariest bit. I think you know what's coming. Just don't blink. (gasps) Oh, my God. All right, let's find out what scariness happens in the next episode. Um, There has been an edit to this episode. You'll get the unedited one at patreon.com forward slash Adam (laughs) Richards.